Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to our very first guest episode for 2023. I mentioned in our last episode that we are taking a bit of a different approach with our guest episodes throughout this year. We're doing a very deliberate project and initiation, if you will, with our guests throughout the podcast this year and bringing in a group of human design teachers that I personally hold in really high esteem. These people that I think are um, not just educated in human design, but have a really true, authentic understanding of it as a system who can um, speak in very real, beautiful, influential ways about it um, and get them to share their insights on who we are as manifestors, what their experiences with us have been. And I am just genuinely thrilled down to my toes right now about our very, very first guest. So many of you are going to know her. Uh, To kick us off for this project, we have the incredible Katie Calder from the Human Design Lady. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Holly, thank you so much. I'm giddy. We just had a little love fest right before this podcast, and I I am so thrilled to be here and be the first guest too. Thank yes. you so much for it's very manifesting generator. Me. Yeah, I like yes. it. You kick it off. Yeah, let's let's get this thing moving. Get it moving. Can you? Let's start with the real basics for those who have maybe never come across you or your work, which I find incredibly hard to believe because at this point, most people know you. But can you tell us what your design is and how did you stumble down the human design rabbit hole? What was that story for you? Totally. So I am a 6'2", emotional manifesting generator. Um, I have the left, left angle cross of wishes. And I found human design around seven years ago now. And as with, I feel like, so many of us in this community, I was on this quest of just kind of checking off all the boxes in my life. Like I had done all the things right. I'd gotten the job. I had a great community and I felt so numb to life. I felt so numb. I felt so disconnected from myself. My health was all over the place. I felt really depressed, anxious, like it was like kind of a dark night of the soul just flaring Mm -hmm. and where I couldn't, I couldn't reject or look away from it anymore. And so it got me on this path of, I would say self-development, spirituality, but really the catalyst was signing up for a yoga teacher training, which was one of the first things that I just on a whim for no reason other than to feed me and to feed my internal fire. I signed up and it opened me up to 
really diving deep into any and all modalities to really learn about myself. And so I always say I'm an astrologer first. Astrology was my first love, my first like deep, deep dive and and thing that I've shared and continue to share through my work. But when I found human design around seven years ago, it was like the amalgamation of all of these systems and tools that I was yearning to really just get me and try to understand myself. And it just shattered any and all systems and tools in not only being this mirror of who I was, but giving me actionable tools to live the life of my dreams. Mm-hmm. So from there, I I had no idea this is going to be what I ended up doing as like a career and as a purpose and as a continually evolving tool within it. Because I always say, as I'm sure you know, like I don't do human design. Human design is just the tool at this moment that I have found to provide the most freedom and liberation in my life and mm-hmm. to not only create and grant my own self-trust, but see the cascading ripples that that has in all the lives around me. So it's like the permission slip of myself that then opens the key to everyone around. So anyways, seven years ago when I found this, I was just like in very manifesting generator fashion, like needed to tell everyone and show everyone (laughs) and look at everyone's charts. And so I was just reading all of my friends' charts and could not get enough. I was probably studying like 12 hours a day every day, just eating up everything that I could possibly get. And I think around probably six years ago, it might've six or five years ago was when I had my first read, like official, official reading. I had mm-hmm. a friend had recommended me and then that just opened up the floodgates for more and more and more. And since then it's evolved, but this system has been, yeah, having worked with the system for like six and a half years now, and then really, really deeply in practice for like four years, um, it has shifted the entire way in which I operate. Not because it has done anything, but because it has provided this access point to so much, I would say healing on the deepest level, so much healing, so much um, freedom. And yeah, as we know with human designs, like permission is the ultimate word, but so much permission to actually trust that I can live the way that life has always wanted to flow through me that in no other outlet I'd ever been mirrored that before. And then, yeah, I, it's interesting because within, yeah, within how I operate and within how I, uh, interface with the system in general, I go through my waves of like deeply, deeply like in study and whatever, and then just totally pushing it all to the side and living my life and living and learning through my life and living as the breathing embodiment of the system. Because I always say, you don't need the system, right? Like you don't need human design, Mm -hmm. but as long as the system frees you even more in your life, I'd say continue to lean in. Mm. There is there is just so much to love about every single word that <laughs> just came out of your mouth. I love it all. But um, I think approaching approaching this experience and this, for me, it's, it's just a language. Human design is just yeah. a language. Um, approaching it with that openness and that kind of non-binary thinking to say, this is, I am not fitting anything. And this is not necessarily even fitting me. This is, this is an access point. It gives me knowledge of myself. It gives Mm -hmm. me awareness of myself. And then the responsibility is on me as to what I do with that. Where do I grow further into that? And, and I think as we see more and more people 
coming to human design, um, I'm starting to see this like pattern of tug of war over that of like, this is, this does not hold all of the answers for you. Totally. <laughs> like, you got to do the work. You got to take the information and then you've actually got to do that, that deconditioning, that integrative work. And I, I think that's what shines through so beautifully in your work and in what you create is that there is, there is a depth of foundation there. There is this knowledge that is not a regurgitation of the textbook teaching and um, not that, um, you know, that very like religious thinking. Yeah. Dogmatic. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That all of that, this is what Ra said and this is what Ra did. Right. This is <laughs> this is this is evolutionary. This is a an energy that is evolving, and totally. You know, I I think that that's its purpose. It's designed to meet you and help you evolve as it in itself evolves too. So it's just it's really cool. I just wanted to point that out. It's really cool to speak to somebody of that that same um, expression. Mm-hmm. I think oh, it- and you're a sixth line as well. I'm a Correct. four six, yeah. Yeah, you're a four six. I'm a six two, and so oh, I have full body chills all over one. I just receiving all of that. Like your words are hitting me so deep right now, and I think that the foundation is where, as speakers and leaders and guides and teachers, not because of any sort of hierarchy, but of people who are deeply invested in in this system and in in learning and mutating and evolving the system, it is just that it's a mutative system. We know that we're currently in a mutation. I know personally, my entire chart is highly, highly, highly mutative, highly individual, highly mutative. And what's interesting, what I always go back to, and one of the most fascinating things that I am constantly grappling with is, is this is the first time in history that we've had six lines who have been aware that they are six lines through the f- the phases of the mm-hmm. six lines. So I found human design when I was 22 Wow! as a, as a six line. And I remember reading this, the six line information and being like, well, that's not my story. My story is not going to be just like, everything sucks until I'm 30. <laughs> it's not. And so I've been on this journey in navigating the system in seeing that the six, the, the original transmission of the system was from a five, one manifester. And so it's from the gaze and the transmission of a fifth line Mm -hmm. and of a five, one, which is, which is very, very important in terms of the spread and the universalization of the system. But I have this very, very interesting way that I've in one of the primary my primary studies, both personally within the relationship in my life, within the clients have been this journey through how the lines all work and this reconstitution of what the true six and the gaze of the six and the communication of the system through the six actually means. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to that is that the sixth line cannot, the experience of the sixth line cannot be translated and shared by the fifth line. Mm. The experience, the truest experience of the sixth line needs to be shared and as the role model of the sixth line, and it's going to be interesting in how that continues to evolve and shift the system because the sixth line isn't necessarily interested in the, 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 um, you know, you can't be a sixth line with a one in your profile. It's not mm-hmm. interested in the investigation. Mm-hmm. It's not interested in like digging into all of the depths. It's important to get to the six. You need the one, but the six often gets stuck in the one because the six thinks it needs all the two and it doesn't. And the two, the natural comes in the natural wisdom, like the, the internal muse, the going in to then 
reap the rewards. And then there's for six line profiles, you can also be a three, six or six, three, which is like your own personal experience to bring through the role model, or you can be a four, six, right. Which is bringing and, and connecting with the right people and creating the right networks and being supported as the role model you are. So I bring this all up because one, thank you for sharing that. Like there's been fear or there's been different, I stay away from the noise in the human design community because I just can't, I don't, I don't really look at anyone, but what's coming through me. Cause it's not, it's just, it's not supportive. In a very six line of you. Yeah. It's very, it's like the noise it's I'm, I just support so fully wherever people's voices feel like they want to be, but any of the dogma or any of the, you know, this is the one way that human design is here to exist in the world. I'm just simply not interested in because it's an evolving and mutative and a system that's here to live and breathe through the many and through Mm -hmm. the different voices and through the different approaches where you can find the being and the soul and the transmission that hits you on a level where you can experience it, which for me, it's like, not everyone's going to relate to the way that I share it. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Sometimes you need, you need the approach that's like, this is how it is. And this is the foundation. And I've, I'm at such peace in the way that it wants to come through and the way that I continue to navigate the system. And just, and again, like fanning, fanning the flames of anyone you so, so, so included in the way that this is really working from through you Mm. in a way that impacts and creates change in a way that hasn't happened before. Mm. Like I see you, you're the way that you niche and then spread in that niche is incredibly important. And also, you know, as a manifester yourself, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. (laughs) It's going to push who it's not meant to be out of the way. And it's going to be selective in the way that it is felt. But it is so, so important that we find our own voices in this in order to not only evolve the system, but like evolve just as humans in our own lives and get to enjoy if anything else I'm like this should bring more joy into your life like if you are not finding yourself more in your life maybe it's time to look at something else <laughs> right like maybe thank this you for is my, not your space yeah <laughs> yeah maybe it's not your space thank you for I mean as you'll see just but very manifesting generator tangents all over the place <laughs> I but, love it. Uh, yeah I love it. It's so good. I love, I just, I love that, um, that ownership of, of the growth of the six, that it, it feels almost fledgling, I think, because we haven't, we haven't seen it. We are it. (laughs) We are creating it. And, um, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of the sixes that I come across who are, who are going through that journey, especially in their first couple of years, really of, of understanding what that means, there's still a, an undercurrent of insecurity within it. Totally. Right? Can I trust my insights here? Can I can I trust my wisdom? Can I trust what's actually coming through me? Because I'm not seeing it represented around mm. me. And when we get the combination of that with the manifestor energy, whether it's in manifestors or manifesting yeah. generators, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge, right? Because we're already moving through spaces 
that energetically people haven't seen and don't understand. And then we add the sixth line into that that says, but I'm, I'm different and I'm still, especially in those first 30 years, I'm still trying to understand me and, totally. you know, my trauma and my expressions and, and the exchanges that I have in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I think that that's so worthy of mentioning that, that mm-hmm. connection point across where we get this this manifest energy. And I do see that show up so much in manifesting generators. Um, and on that, you know, I think in the past what there's been a lot of narrative about is how manifesting generators are, are so much more generator than manifester. Uh-huh. Right? And I I want to break that down. I would love, I would love your opinion on that because I think that, right, we have significant differences. Totally. You know, sacral beings to non-sacral beings, the closed aura, the open aura, right, there's a lot of differences. But I think that there's so much common ground where we can can really find love with each other in understanding all, all of these these elements of ourselves right so what's what has that experience been like for you as a manifesting generator and seeing that manifest a part of yourself oh completely and as a manifesting generator one of my you know because there's a lot of even in this space there's a lot of like manifesting generators or generators or they're these type of manifesting generators or this is how they operate and I, I don't, again, I don't look so deeply into what everyone's saying, but I do feel like a lot of conversation in the human design community, or I still feel like a lot of the human design community is very, very projector dominant Mm -hmm. in the voices. Um, It's what I see the majority of the voices coming from. And that might just be when I tune into the pulse, what I'm seeing, but as a manifesting generator from the beginning, I've been very, very deep in trying to understand and just navigate my own process within being a manifesting generator, within what that is and being a hybrid. And also within knowing that there's kind of these categories and subcategories within manifesting generators that tend to shift the strategy a bit. So if there Mm -hmm. isn't the direct sacral to the throat, I find that manifesting generators operate a lot more generator-like. But when you have that 2034 which is the, the only manifesting generator channel. So only manifesting generators can have it, but not all manifesting generators have it. It makes the connection between your response and your initiation a lot quicker mm. because it's the strongest motor connecting directly to the throat. So manifesting generators still, no matter what, you respond first. But when we have the 2034, which I have, and I have all of my motors defined and I'm a single definition, so everything is... Oof going to my throat so it's like it's quick when it happens emotional though so it slows down my process if you're and you're not you're a splenic correct i'm splenic yeah 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 yeah. so yours is yours is your process is quick very when you're emotional manifester sometimes i find that that process in initiating off of your urge is a little bit slower um just is a little bit slower like i find emotional manifestors are really really different than splenic manifestors and then ego manifestors incredibly operate it's like incredibly different and splenic and ego can be um more similar but the splenic are the quickest mm. and in the in what i have witnessed splenic can yeah. be as long as you're connected to your spleen <laughs> if you're not as long as you're actually then listening. you're all in the mind yeah, yeah, then yeah. You're, you're not responding your urges at all or not initiating based on your urges but 
in um, continuing in in my journey as a manifesting generator and really understanding my strategy and really understanding what how my emotional waves work and really understanding how I correctly initiate based on my response and based Mm -hmm. on the waiting period between what I'm responding to and then the full circuit of energy moving through my body I not only have so much compassion and understanding of manifestors but I feel this like deep deep sense of protection Mm. for manifestors I like always I've always had tons of manifestors around it I work with a lot a lot a lot of manifestors and feel like manifestors are potentially the most in, uh, misunderstood mm-hmm. of the types because there's this necessity for the aura to protect itself to receive what I just think of as like the direct access point. Like the manifestors have this direct because you're not receiving it from responding to anything else. It's like you're receiving it direct straight to source or it's not there and yeah. you're waiting like you, manifestors still have to wait. You're just like waiting for yourself and waiting for yeah, your basically. We're just waiting through the right? risk cycle. Yeah. 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 It's like <laughs> it everyone's waiting, but you're just not waiting for anything around you. You're waiting yeah. for like the whole internal circuit within you to turn on. And what I found from manifestors is it creates this aura that is a it pushes mm-hmm. in many ways to protect, not because it's bad, but when people don't know it, they don't know what to do with it. When manifestors aren't informing, people feel the manifestor, but they don't know what they're feeling. And so that's where the I don't you like using repelling at all, but that's where like the quote unquote repelling stuff happens. But my journey as a manifesting generator, I haven't had to deal. Like my energy magnetize, like feels really good to people. My aura yeah. feels warm and feels like it draws people in because that's how my circuit's meant to work. And yet the way that my strategy works and because of my unique individual circuitry, it's like, it's very quick, similar to manifestors and my initiation and my, my response and my initiation almost look Like they almost look right next to each other, which can Mm -hmm. seem very similar to manifestors. But the difference is the auric field that manifestors have is incredibly different than manifesting generators. Incredibly different. It is felt. It is penetrating. I just want to like protect my manifestors and say, you don't have, you just have to let people know what you're doing. Like you're okay. You're safe. Like we need you to bring this through. Because you have the direct access and you might have not trusted yourself in the past, but like, we need you to bring it through. Mm. We need you to bring it through. And it's so interesting how, you know, we say that the world is conditioned by manifestors in the past, right? Manifestors were the ones who started everything and started the wars and started the, were the kings and queens. And yet I kind of feel there's a reversal in many ways of like- the manifestors are most conditioned by the world because the world's all just like responding to things and the manifestors sitting around like (laughs) what is this yeah I don't know how to do that (laughs) I don't know how to do that because you're not meant to do it and so yeah just my whole journey as an MG there's never like a comparison or Mm -hmm. uh because they're different, right? They're and every every single being, once we get into circuitry and like the nuances and the lines under the lines under the lines, right? It just human design just keeps going. The more you know, the less you know. But as a group in general, and when I think of like emotional splenic and ego manifestors, I just have this immense, it's like this cheerleader and this um 
yeah, protective force of just being like, it's safe to be you and it's safe to rub people the wrong way as long as you're listening to you and it's safe for you to speak your truth and speak your needs and not everyone's going to like it. And I think that's that where the anger and really the grief, it's like anger can be the last stage of grief for a manifestors and where it can come through is like that deep, it feels like a deep childhood misunderstanding of getting your needs met and like being nurtured based on your needs and being heard and being seen. Because when we know you don't have the sacral, but when you have energy moving to the throat as a manifestor, it's like, that needs to be communicated and heard and received by at least one person or manifested into form. And when you're little, oftentimes there aren't, most of the time, there aren't outlets to like really, really learn how to move that circuit of energy all the way through the throat, whether that's through communication or manifestation, Um, which again, manifesting generators experience tons too. Manifesting generators have their own whole realm of, deep conditioning of like so much but in manifestors in particular like my gaze on the manifestors is always I I know when someone's a manifestor almost immediately I can feel the field it feels like this like there's this red and blue component to this field that just it's like this cool heat it's hard to explain it's like (laughs) it washes over everything and yet it's incredibly hot and impactful and if it is tempered too much, it just feels like this build where everyone around or everyone around the manifestor is like thinking about what what is the manifestor about to do because you feel it, hmm. but the manifestor doesn't feel safe enough to share that this is like where I'm at. And my biggest my biggest examples because I have a ton of like really really close manifestors in my life, and I'm I'm always tuning in. I always feel where my manifestor <laughs> friends are at, and I even know I'm like, oh, this is because they're a manifestor. Like you don't have to worry that much, but it's you don't need to do anything as a manifestor. You don't need to like, but know that when you are not saying how you're feeling or saying your needs, people feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like your aura is so yeah. huge. And so penetrating in many ways that like the people are going to feel it anyway. So sometimes just to make your life easier, because there's psychic energy coming at manifestors oftentimes of like, where are they at? Where are you at? Like, and it for you, it can feel like wanting some, like people want stuff from you or like need stuff from you, which what I found is that most manifestors just want to push that away and like want your freedom. But this is where the informing comes in, right? Of just like, letting the person know with an easy one-liner like letting the people know so that they're not in their minds like trying to figure out what's going on with you it's it's a very interesting I like I see the I'm so visual and that I see the energetic so clearly and my heart is always just like oh like I just want to wrap the manifestors in my arms and be like it's okay (laughs) I know people have been mean like truly it's like I know people have been mean I know people have been mean. I know people have not gotten it. I know people have potentially been jealous. I know people have been triggered by the way that you can do and they don't understand what it means to have to pull that through mm. your body. Mm-hmm. Like no one knows except for you. I don't know except for you. I know I know how it works for me, but energetically when I witness a manifestor, I'd say like a manifestor in ecstatic motion of bringing the vision through and then actually initiating it, it requires immense pushing and like protection of your field so it can actually land without your nervous system getting shot. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a fire to the sovereignty of that yeah. experience that is, um, I think, you know, amongst all the variances and, and nuances within manifestors, not every manifestor is um, extroverted or overly expressive totally. or loud. You know, we, of course, have manifestors that are that are quieter, that are more retreated, that are more classically introverted. And yet um, for all of us, that experience, when we honour it, that experience of bringing through an urge, bringing through an initiation has a fierce uh, like parenting element to it it's, yeah. it's it is that the honoring of the the protection of totally. I cannot let anyone or anything near this if it's not utterly safe to do Oof. so because this will be destroyed if that happens um and I you know I think that that's uh, that's sort of this the, the undercurrent of all that's the root of all of all of our our struggles I think with initiating a specific creative urge um because we don't know how to do that we don't we can honor that energetic expression as it comes out naturally um but we haven't been taught we haven't been taught the mechanics of how to do that. And because we're not doing it in response, I think often manifestors will look to manifesting generators as this very yeah. sort of shiny, sparkly, quick, inspiring example and try to emulate that. And we can't. We can't no. emulate it because your initiations are coming from a place of response, yeah, not from a place of, of source or divine connection. So... I love, I just, that's so, that was so nourishing for me to hear you speak with such protectiveness and such yeah. love. I feel as a, as a manifester myself and a person who's involved with just thousands of manifestors, that's what we lack. That's what we lack is, is mm-hmm. we, we are wounded and we are scared. I think reverse conditioning is very, very real. <laughs> it's very true totally. in our experience. Um, and we are going through a revolution of trying to claim that sovereignty back, trying to claim our ownership of ourselves and our role in the collective in a very healthy, loving way. Mm. Um, but we have uh, now an ancestry of of trauma at just, Ooh. you know, these generation after generations for hundreds of years of lacking safety of you know of of being controlled of being conditioned of being shut down of being misunderstood and I what I see in people around us as well is is I mean so much of it is just unconscious I I so enjoyed the way that you spoke about the manifesto aura and how it's received um because it is it's we're not in control of it we're not directing that it's just Mm -hmm. it's moving (laughs) doing its thing, yeah, and often we're just as confused as everybody else about um, uh, how we're being received and how that's being responded to because we can think that we're being very submissive and and very small and and keeping ourselves, um, you know, just not not interfering. I don't want to interfere with anybody else's space, and yet we can't. We we can't reduce the size we can't reduce the impact and people are receiving our our expression regardless they're receiving it and and for me 
you know, this this movement of um, informing, which I love that you brought that up because informing is so misrepresented, so misrepresented. Totally. You know, this whole um, you need to inform before you initiate. How do we do that when, totally. when we're always unconsciously initiating <laughs> we don't, and we yeah. don't have a 10-step process when we initiate, which I think is very true of manifesting generators as well. Totally. Like, Totally. How do you inform before you initiate when you don't know what you're initiating or how you feel about that? But when we can allow informing to be a communication of self, oh, yes. this is what I am feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I know or I don't know. This is what I need or don't need or want or don't want. Um, I have seen that that creates such a space of healing in human connection for manifestors because all of a sudden um, we're not threatening and we're not overbearing. And I think that we do allow ourselves to have that um, exposure of our vulnerability to say, maybe I don't feel fully safe. Maybe I don't feel fully understood, but if I let you see that, then it allows you as an external person to me to either respond with love or to move out of my way. And, you know, we, we need that. We have to be disciplined with, with doing that because it's never going to come naturally to us, you know, to nah, until it's, until it's, you know, mu- the muscle is worked enough time to create oh. a new pattern. But I just think about, you know, being a manifesting type in general means you have a defined throat. It means you have a motor, at least one motor energy moving up to the throat in some way, in some form. And the throat, I just actually, I did a whole series of uh, classes on all of the gates of all the centers ending on the throat because all all roads lead to the throat. And the throat has the most activation points in the entire chart. So the most gates in the chart connects to the most centers and it's this super highway of where all of the information and the wisdom and the technologies housed in our body wants to have a release point. And when we have manifesting types, so manifestors are manifesting generators who are not allowing the energy to move full through the full circuit. And it's new energy. When we're talking about manifesting energy in general, oftentimes it's bringing encoded information it's bringing energy that hasn't moved itself into reality in any way which is new into form whether that's verbal or whether that's through a physical creation or otherwise it's like it's bringing this new information that's being funneled in some way or another whether it's an initiation whether it's something that's respond to it still takes this process of funneling that through the body to then start to actualize and what I find is that when so much energy is moving and needs to move, sometimes that will be talking about the process, but sometimes that's just like sounding through the voice. Sometimes it's grunting. Sometimes it's making noise. Sometimes it's speaking to yourself. Sometimes it's just initiating the process through allowing, whether it's the, you know, when we talk about a manifestation center, it's not always verbal communication, but there is a is a communication aspect to it, meaning it's something, it's an idea, it's a form that is being communicated so that it can land in this material reality mm-hmm. on this earth plane. Mm-hmm. And everything that you just said in terms of 
the healing that needs to happen in terms of the love, like the true love that exists in, in the manifester in wanting to contribute and impact the world in a better way. And in terms of how that's mutating and shifting, just because of how the world is shifting, feel like the informing part or a lot of the strategies in general human design may shift in their context of how they're being explained because for for something for a thought or for an idea or for just energy that's in motion that wants to initiate sometimes that doesn't need to initiate through telling anyone sometimes that's not actually what's being called Mm. sometimes it just needs to move and so what I find is that when we get too caught up in the strategies, we don't actually listen to what the truth of human design is in general, which is like showing how energy is moving through our body and wants to be expressed and moved in the world. And mm-hmm. it's one of the most interesting, like my whole lens is currently shifting and I don't have answers, right? It's, it's something is being moved through me currently that has not landed into form and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listening deeply. I'm not ready to initiate, but I'm initiating through my body, through just listening to everything that's around me, responding to conversations like this that are around me in that there's a way that we can understand how to actually allow the full circuit of our energy to move so that we can create the worlds that we want to. And manifest there's like prime example of it in that there's infinite worlds that you're accessing at any moment and which ones are yours that you want to it's almost like pluck the thread up from source mm-hmm. bring it through the circuitry of your body listen to you know you as splenic like is it is it a, is it the subtlety and the whispers a yes for you and then listen and watch and witness how it wants to move which doesn't necessarily mean okay i had this idea so now i'm going to make this business plan to do this this and this it's like mm-hmm oftentimes what's coming through you know manifesting types it's like trailblazing Mm. and you can't look anywhere else other than within and then within how it wants to be expressed which is incredibly scary (laughs) which is scary it sounds beautiful but it's kind of terrifying it it sounds really cool right everyone wants to be mutative or bring in the new or like all we know about mutative energy in the chart, individual energy in the chart is that it's been cast away from society. Like similar Mm -hmm. to manifestors, I find that individuals with a lot of individual energy, individual circuitry within their chart experience very, very similar, like eyes on them. I think of the genius freak channel Mm -hmm. as like a prime example of mutative energy that's moving towards the throat from the mind to the throat, which has the ability. It's the 4323. If anyone listening has it, I have it. And it has this ability to completely spark people into new worlds and new realities. But if it does not wait for the right timing, it can be seen as the freak and kind of totally cast out of society. And I see these energies all over the chart, especially those that are leading to the throat, which really manifestors of all the types. It's like the way that you're circuited is to, to move it through the throat. We have so much opportunity to get stuck in the minds even less (laughs) in terms of thinking about our strategy and wait, like, and just letting the energy circuit and then seeing how, we can create micro changes to learn how to inform in a better way that doesn't stop our process. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes the stre- like thinking too much about our strategies can stop the process and stop the initiation when like the initiation just needs to happen. And then you, because you've initiated, you'll know what to do with it yeah. after. Yeah. And you'll learn as you go. 
Yeah. It's a trust relationship, right? Totally. It's and and in its deepest, most pure form, it's a trust relationship. It's a trust of self it's a trust of source it's a trust of energy and it's and all of those things are utterly intangible I mean they're they're not concrete and um in my experience there's just this gorgeous harmony of that the feminine and the masculine and and moving between both of those honoring both of those um knowing that that has to be in tandem, knowing that we can, we can be extreme in, in one or the other. And, um, there's, I wanted to, I, I want my spleen's like, no, say one thing. No, say another. (laughs) Getting all the messages. (laughs) Can we, can we talk about the MG to manifest a relationship? Yeah. I feel like there is, a very necessary place of healing in that oh, relationship. Yeah. And I, I say that from observation, but I, I also say that from my own experience of um, having, you know, very significant relationships in my life with manifesting generators and understanding the struggle, understanding totally. the fight of those two energies together. And I only know that from the manifester side of the fence. I only know what that feels like to receive as a manifester what what insights do you have on bringing love bringing true yeah. true healing connection between the mg and the manifesta i feel like in the simplest way from my own experience and from just continually to navigate deep 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 relationships with manifestors in my life and witnessing also in clients and in relationship sessions that i have like deep things that come up between manifestors and manifesting generators that there's this opportunity that we of course get to come to each other with incredible empathy and compassion but there's Mm -hmm. also this this power that we each have that we get to really support and like push the other to embrace their full power is Mm -hmm. the whole thing in a very different way than our own so if the manifester can fan the flame of the manifesting generator in allowing them to be kind of wildly all over the place and a little bit chaotic, but also absolutely magnetic and brilliant. And um, when the manifester can really honor and witness that brilliance in the manifesting generator and like, and share also the impact of the warmth of the aura, like the manifesting generator just wants to give more and more and more to the manifestor, just wants to support the manifestor mm-hmm. more and more and more because they re- feel safe and they feel received of themselves. And just from a man, as a manifesting generator in general, such some of the deepest conditioning we have is our fear around it pivoting, right? And our fear around like, I think manifestors and MGs have this in, in general being too much, like that's a huge mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. for both of us and when you have big auras different ways but when you have two big big auras which manifestors and manifesting generators to me feel like the biggest auras oh, of yeah. the types yeah. by far not because they any other type has any less impact it's just the actual reverberation of it is felt and a lot of the trauma I think that both manifestors and manifesting generators have is shrinking and being like, is this okay? Mm-hmm. Is it okay for me to be it? And the more and more we can 
be like, it's okay. Like it's a, as a MG to a manifester, it's okay for you to be impactful. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to be in your own. It's okay for you to speak your needs. I'm here. I love you. I don't love you any less for any way you want to express. And also I need you to love me as well for the ways that I am different from you. Because when you do, I just want to give, I just want to pour over. And I can say this for myself, like the manifestors in my life that have really seen me and that have have seen my magic and shared verbally, even like affirmed it. I just will like, I'm, I'm with you for life. Yeah. Like I got you, I got your back and I will protect you through all of it. And I will speak in all directions. I will only speak in integrity and in the highest, but like, I see where people are misinterpreting your field and I will, I will reroute that again and again and again, as long as I trust that you're not then because psychically we can feel like judgments or whatever, like as Mm -hmm. long as we can continue to have this relationship where we're both loving each other for our differences and pushing like gentle hand behind the heart of, I want you to be big. Like when you are big, I can be big and we can be big together and we can be big in different ways. And it's this, I just see this beautiful dance of these energies of these like bright and powerful energies that really need each other to move forward, like to create change in this world. So my, my biggest thing is empathy. And then again, like supporting and holding hands with the bigness being like do it your turn like fly Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here clapping and cheering you on the whole way like your turn fly honoring our cycles honoring our rest cycles and just it's such a beautiful opportunity and I see that there can be I'm not even interested necessarily in diving into any stories around you know I think I think with an energy type we can get dogmatic or like Mm -hmm. separatist in general Mm -hmm. and I'm just I have no interest in it but in sharing that like the heart of these connections is what what is the through line that's going to make us all thrive like regardless of how we work all of us need each other human design is a communal system that allows us to operate in the world not only as ourselves but in communion with everyone else better and so if we have these manifesting types really supporting each other in our bigness and in what wants to move through us, we everything ripples out. Everything moves differently. We feel peace in our body. We mm-hmm. feel peace in our body. And we don't have that heat that then gets with big auras that then gets like slams everyone else around. Like it mm-hmm. actually moves because it's safe to move because we have people on our sides that want mm-hmm. us to be us. It's so correct. That is just, it's so correct. That representation of the um, the expansiveness of that yeah. relationship with those two big, hot energies together yeah. is yeah. is so hopeful. That's so, <laughs> my motivation is hope. And that feels just, just mm, like so big and so, so real. Um, my very closest friend is a 6-2 sacral MG. And wow. I think that one of the things that I've learned in the true volatility of that yeah. relationship, because it is it is volatile, volatile, um, yeah, yeah, is that there is a a sense of truth in knowing that unless I am met by another equally big energy, I will not be challenged. 
I won't be challenged and I won't expand in relationships. I think that the manifested to project a relationship can be very sweet and very supportive and and healing in a lot of ways. Um, The manifest to reflect a relationship, although rare, has a sense of being seen, of being recognized. The manifest to generate a relationship has this great kind of spark to it. There's like this, this, you know, this life and sunshine and joy and playfulness. But that manifested to manifesting generate a relationship. Yeah. Like buttheads for sure. Yeah. That is where. And it's like, it's like who's bigger. It's like the biggest (laughs) butting head. It's like. Yeah. When the bigness, when there feels like there's not enough room for everyone. Yes. Right. For everyone to be big. It's like this person needs to be this dynamic and this person needs to be this when both MGs and manifestors are like, want to expand and are expanding (laughs) every moment and are shifting. And it's like, it's a lot of energy to hold. And if you can't hold that within yourself, it can be some of my most challenging relationships have also been with manifestors. Some of the Mm -hmm. ones that have triggered me the most and have grown me the most and some that have, have needed to clear Mm -hmm. just because of unhealthy dynamics and some that have, withstand the test of time above all else and we'll just continue to grow and ride with and move through different cycles with and I find it's like can we can we actually create the foundation where there is no limit to how big we get to be Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah because I find I find the same thing mgs with every other type it's a very very different dynamic and there isn't the same friction or tension that can happen yeah. As does manifestor to MG. Yeah. But both yet, parties have to be willing to do that, right? We have both to both parties that have equally. to be willing. Yeah. Because MGs and manifestors are both pretty stubborn. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> In many ways, how many have you noticed? <laughs> Maybe just a little straight. Yeah. Not like not self-righteous, but like clear. Direct. Oh, yeah. Direct, blunt. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, you know, when you have consistent access to the throat, you have energy available to that at all times you're not going to be manipulated there and so when you have two energies and again you can have energy in every other type you can have defined throats other than reflectors but you don't have energy consistently moving to the throat so when you have energy consistently moving through the throat it's like when a lot of what makes us human comes from our verbal nonverbal, but really like verbal communication when you have a lot of energy which can be not stuck in their ways but it's like consistent Mm-hmm. And if the consistency doesn't match up or doesn't meet in empathy and doesn't meet in a willingness to be supportive and be loving and be uplifting, it can spiral. And it can also create the breeding ground for the new worlds that we all hope to create. Yeah. And so it feels, I love that you're asking this because I'm feeling like I'm even just being in your presence, being like a powerful manifesting presence and and being able to talk about this and bounce off each other it feels crucial yeah for where we're going absolutely absolutely crucial and imperative and what I see for that is that just if you're a manifester or a manifesting generator like really taking responsibility for how you're navigating your relationships with other with the manifester with the manifesting generator and like where I I know I can think of all these different examples of where I potentially have had judgments Hmm. or different things or misinterpretations and really it's just for my own sense of safety it's like Hmm. me saying am I safe in this relationship Mm -hmm. am I going to be supported in this relationship is this okay 
Mm-hmm. And the more and more we can break down the barriers, the more I, f- I just feel like <sighs> I can take a deep breath, the more I can breathe into my life and the more we can have so much fun and be impactful and like create, what? ultimately create. We both want to, we all want to create and be creator beings on this plane. And yeah, yeah. it feels, feels like such an invitation. I agree. There's a, there's a very real hurt. I think that's, yeah. that's worthy of acknowledging in, um, uh, you know, a lot of relationships between MGs totally. and manifestors. I, in my personal experience, because my mother is an MG, she's a two, four oh, wow. emotional MG. And my father is a splenic manifestor as well. Wow. And, um, that is not, not a healthy, empathetic, loving relationship. Right. And, and so my, um, the foundation that I built out around receiving that energy from MGs was inherently, this is not safe. Uh, wow. And I spent many years not going near it, not not touching it, not having MGs in my space, not letting anyone. Yeah. I was really surrounded by a lot of projectors because that was safe. That was safe totally. to, be, to be recognized, to be penetrated, to be held in that way. Um, and yet that it just, we we have to take ownership of those relationships because yeah. if we if we don't regardless of of what the past has been regardless of whether you've you know been in a relationship with another manifesting type um that is perhaps not salvageable right and it's it's yeah. not able to be healed releasing that and moving into a different space moving into a different pathway together because i i feel that there's so much um there's just so much power and i i know that, that word is like people love the word power because it's so you know like that's really aspirational but I I mean power in that that true sense of like this is a lot to wield this is is a lot to hold and there's a responsibility for us but that power of yes bringing the manifesting types together to together challenge each other to explode off each other to expand and to move in our unique ways and in our similar ways to creating these new worlds to creating these new landscapes it's to me the sense of responsibility is everyone else is waiting on that yes (laughs) so everyone's waiting together can there be can there be enough power like explosive power together that can make us all better like it's almost as if the other eyes are on those dynamics and say can you have that much power together can you have that much power together Mm -hmm. and I'm not even gonna caveat or go into you know all of the ways that power is it can be used in all different forms and ways but the type of power that we're talking about is that that raw energy auric like bigness that is felt and that can be felt as really intense if it's not wielded and nurtured in the correct way and because that's housed in a very similar way in many ways for manifestors and manifesting generators the more and more I just see this really really beautiful support that we've spoken about Mm. the more we heal so deeply and the more we create that possibility to I love that you brought up your your parents and that mm-hmm. dynamic because we know that childhood conditioning, right? Our first seven, eight years, our aura isn't even full. Like we have yeah. very malleable auras. And so you being nurtured by two auras that now have a big lens on 
how you've reconstituted yourself in your life is so vital to note because it's a huge part of your own healing and it's a huge part of your own how you get to recreate that story in your life. And so I thank you for sharing that. It's always fascinating to be in what that those primary conditioning forces have been because most of us have have ones that are the dynamic isn't the healthiest. Right? <laughs> the dynamic isn't the healthiest yeah, so. it's illuminating. Yeah. It's illuminating <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. I could just talk for hours. I could just for borrow hours. your sacral energy for hours. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> like lap it up. And my foreline is incredibly happy, just incredibly oh. happy with the depth and the intimacy. Um, and I'm mindful that it's a podcast and we should probably stop talking. <laughs> 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 the power is just going to take everything out. It's gonna, our Wi-Fi is going to go off soon. <laughs> right. It happens sometimes. It does. It does. There, there is so much to cover and I, I feel like this has been very, very catalytic. I feel like this is, there's just been so much richness in this conversation for people to take away and, and truly implement, truly mm-hmm. begin to integrate and embody. So I thank you. I thank you so much for everything that you have shared. Where, where are you at in your, your business at the moment? What are you creating? What are you doing that, that people can be around. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. Um, I am about to open and move into a totally new arena, which everything can be found at human design lady or at Katie Calder underscore. And my website is katiecalder.com. But I am finishing a year long program, human design teacher training, which is a human design school to learn human design. We've been working for the past year and that's available to at any point to be, to do as you go. There's hundreds and hundreds of hours of content in there. And that's for healers, teachers, guides, coaches, parents, anyone who wants to learn human design and work it through their own differentiated voice. It's not about teaching you my way. It's about giving you the baseline of the foundations of all of the tools so that you can soar in whatever way you want to learn it mm. and whatever way you want to use it. Um, I have Tons and tons of classes on my website that dive into their their low price point where you can dive. They're about two to four hours long, two to five hours long that dive into all of the energy types, all of the profiles, all all of the gates, all, all sorts of like really, really deep dives into specific topics. So it's a great way to find and dive deep in a way where it's not a deep dive in a like mastermind or one-on-one session. I'm currently, I open up one-on-one sessions when I'm called. (laughs) (laughs) If they check my (laughs) schedule, I just opened up a week, but I go like months and months without opening one-on-one sessions. And then I am for the first time in about a year going to start opening up mentorships again, which I'm Mm. really pumped about. Mm. Um, And they're going to look incredibly different than how they have before. But I feel, as you know, we go through cycles and I just am constantly listening and so, so thrilled to be able to dive deep with individuals who want to and then I would say just stay tuned there's going to be a lot of really really fun opportunities to work with me and work in community in the next year and uh, I'm just I'm thrilled to be on this podcast I'll say Holly this has been an absolute delight to dive this deep with you and to uh, hopefully 
bathe all of your ears with some spark from manifestors and manifesting generators coming together. And it gives me so much hope just in this community in general in mm. how we get to continue to support each other and support this work and support healing and support the lives of whoever want to use this to make their lives better, which is my ultimate hope, make their lives better, make their lives fuller, make their lives um, more aligned to your own unique path. Mm-hmm. So I just say thank you so much for having me here. This has been an absolute joy and treasure. And I can't wait to re-listen to this many times. I could not have said it better myself. That's just the, that's the <laughs> best, that's the best wrap up. I love it. I love it. You can do all my wrap ups on every podcast. <laughs> Bring Call me in. in. <laughs> um of course, of course I so strongly encourage people listening who are inspired to 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 get involved in your work to get involved in your space um i i feel richness i feel growth just just we were talking before the call about how we both kind of sit on the edges yeah, <laughs> and, totally. observe. and i feel like i receive so much from your work just in doing that um a lot of the the huge growth and learning in my human design journey has been with a six, two emotional manifesting generator, which is Eden Carpenter. Wow. She was, she was my initiation into human design. Oh, she's a dear friend of mine. Ago. Isn't she gorgeous? Um, and I, I have a real respect for that yeah. design type. And so perhaps for the manifestors listening who have not waded into the waters of, of learning from an MG and receiving that energy, do it do it and and get in Katie's space or get in Eden's space if you want to. Both of them are phenomenal. But um allow yourself to have that that wading into that ocean of the beautiful MG energy and teaching because it it really does transform us. It really changes mm-hmm. us. So thank you for everything that you do and that you create and that you honor yourself so authentically and so mm-hmm. deeply. It's just um it's a joy. It's a joy to watch. It's a, a joy to just be able to receive bits of it here on the other side. Oh. So, so thank you for that. Thank you. That is, I'm, my heart is so full to be seen by manifestor and spoken to and nourished in that way is beyond, beyond, beyond words. And I'm receiving you so fully. Thank you so much, Holly. And I can't wait to continue to weave in, in all of the ways psychically and in, in real time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Of course, we will put all of Katie's links and all of her um, incredible information in the show notes. So jump in there and follow along with her work. But thank you for being here, Katie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here. And whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation, and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.